This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right now, there will be a close watch on the rising stock market this week. Also, an eye out for inflation. Let's talk about it with Greg McBride, chief financial analyst at bankrate.com. Greg, let's begin with the stock market. And we've had some pretty good prices here. There's always people, though, wondering, uh, okay, are we in for a drop here or is this good ride going to continue? Well, I think the answer is a little bit of both, Cisco. I, I would expect more volatility, particularly as the Fed gets less accommodative uh, over the course of the next six to eight months. Uh, we've had a great run in the market. Valuations are uh, quite uh, full, you might say. Yeah, I would expect that that we get a pullback. But those type of pullbacks are normal. We normally get a 10% correction once per calendar year, and we haven't had that. So, you know, I, I would say that we're, we're overdue. When that happens, it's not a signal to head for the hills. Longer term, the fundamentals are still really, really strong. The economy's rebounding. Profits are growing. The reason we've seen the market go up so much is that companies have been delivering on corporate profits. So I would use any pullback as a buying opportunity, not a reason to run the other way. Well, and that's, I, mean, I think, maybe a word of advice to newer investors who get a little skittish when things start getting rough. Those dips are opportunities where you can make some money. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the more you pay for an asset, then the, you know, the, the prospect for lower returns in the future. If you can get something on sale, then you have the prospect of higher returns in the future. And so it's really important to embrace that volatility. Uh, the stock market over time has a track record of rewarding disciplined and patient investors. That timing the market, uh, it just doesn't work. So let's look at uh, what's going on with the jobless issues. We're going to get some more of that later on this week. Initial jobless claims come out on Wednesday. What have you been seeing, though, there as a trend and what that says about what's going on in the economy? Well, labor market, uh, you know, we're seeing those those jobless claims uh, each week set a new pandemic era low. We're working our way back to what they had been at, at pre-pandemic levels. Of course, the jobs report for October came out last Friday, and that was very, very strong. We saw upward revisions to the two previous months. So as difficult as it may be for some companies to find people to hire, companies are doing plenty of hiring. We're seeing payrolls continue to expand. Yeah, that's certainly uh, very, very good. What about inflation? We've heard for a while now it is transitory. Is it looking like it's transitory or does it just depend on how you define transitory? Yeah, I think it depends a lot on the definition. The reality of it is inflation has been around, I think, longer than was initially expected. And it's probably going to stick around longer than expected, owing in large part to the supply chain constraints. You referenced the economic calendar this week, which is all about inflation. we got the producer price index tomorrow and the consumer price index on Wednesday. So going to be a lot of talk about inflation this week. Yeah, and that explain why that's a concern for people's portfolios, because a lot of times they think, oh, okay, well, prices go up a little bit. But it, I mean, it it literally means every dime in your portfolio becomes worth less. 
It does, but that impacts other in, some investments harder than others. So, for example, bonds, which pay a fixed income, they really get hammered by inflation because it erodes the value of that fixed income, particularly in future years. Companies that have the ability to raise prices and generate increased profits in an increased inflationary environment, I think that's where you're going to see investors gravitating. Those stocks tend to perform better in an environment where inflation picks up. Thanks so much for all the insight. That is Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com, Walmart, and Silicon Valley startup Gaddick. Say for the past several months, they've been operating two driverless box trucks for 12 hours a day over a seven-mile loop. Let's find out more. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media. Uh, Paul, driverless trucks, big experiment here, the wave of the future, although maybe not that far in the future. Tell us what they're doing. Yeah, well, first of all, the wave of the future, I want to refer to that for a second. The wave of the future is, if you're talking about tomorrow as the future, then yes. In other words, it's going on right now. And the reason that's important is that what most retailers are dealing with, as you've probably heard about, in fact, you've talked about it, uh, is supply chain challenges. In other words, getting stuff from uh, fulfillment centers to where people buy them. And what Gaddick is doing with Walmart is there, and this is a test, but it's a seven-mile loop, as you said, daily for 12 hours what, without a safety driver. In other words, what because there are there's an increasing demand on, on this middle mile and last mile fulfillment, Walmart included, normally what Walmart did in, in the years past is they put a giant fulfillment center maybe um, four or five hours away. It was very cheap real estate to buy and build, but it was four or five hours away from the store. Well, now if people are ordering things online or for pickup, more regularly, they need that fulfillment closer to the place you're gonna, the consumers are buying them. Challenge, how do you do that all day long when there's a lot of traffic when uh, and all kinds of other challenges? Well, Gaddock has these two car, these two trucks going all day or 12 hours a day, and that means that they can get closer to the store. So that last mile or middle mile is being solved. And you're talking driverless, so you're not going to have to deal with the challenge of uh, you know getting drivers, staffing drivers, and keeping them. I mean, it's a completely different ballgame. It's not only that, it's a different ballgame that has to happen right now. As we've all heard about with supply chain challenges, one of the biggest ones is finding enough truck drivers. Most drivers right now are not willing to put up with the hassles that they're encountering at, say, Long Beach, where, where uh, things are being offloaded so quickly. Uh, and so and there's a big, huge backup, and, they, and the drivers don't want to wait around. Challenge is getting drivers to do that. Well, if you don't need drivers, you've solved the problem. Uh, in this case, just to keep things in mind, this is a level four autonomous truck. And what that means is, it, for reference, Tesla is a, is a level two uh, autonomous vehicle. In other words, it requires a driver. It can't be driven by itself all day long. These level four, uh, these level four vehicles can be. Um, so that's a major, major uh, solution for a big problem, with this, which is a lack of drivers. So first thing on everyone's mind when they hear that is safety. And yet we're not hearing about a bunch of accidents. So they have to have uh, you know, at least figured out how to keep these things on the road for the most part safe. That's exactly right. And one of the ways they're doing that is the, they're, they're called dark stores, by the way, these smaller places that are closer to the real store where you and I buy things. Um, well, those dark stores are on established routes, of course. And so if a vehicle that's autonomous can go on an established route and, like UPS, mostly be programmed to take right turns so it doesn't have to go across traffic going to the left, which is still a challenge for autonomous vehicles, if that established route is the same over and over and over again, the, that autonomous vehicle picks up lots of data about the drive, gets better and better and better. It learns machine learning. It gets better and better about that route, and the result is that, um, theoretically anyway, accidents are kept to a minimum. And that's where the AI, everyone needs to understand, it's constantly learning. So in theory, maybe not even in theory, it's always getting better, and that means it's always getting safer. 
That's exactly right. So the more that the machine learns, obviously, the better theoretically it does at its task. In this situation, again, because that route will not change, of course, that there are two fixed points from one to the other, from the dark store to the actual store, um, that machine learning is picking up all the data points, how much traffic at what hour is normal. Uh, generally speaking, our pedestrians crossing at this particular intersection, all that data is being input, and at every moment, uh, it's getting better and better at, at delivering, again, without a driver, and at hours you can't get drivers some cases and in many cases you can't get drivers at all so it's a huge solution to a major problem thanks so much for all of the insight paul hockman president of humongous media the wbbm noon business hour continues the united states has ended the pandemic travel ban it's been in place for nearly 20 months let's get some details joe schwederman is here professor of public services director of the chaddock institute at depaul joe it's good to have you on the show so give us some of those nuts and bolts here what's the country doing yeah, this is quite a milestone. We've been knowing this was coming, and the airlines are excited. Let's just uh, put it that way. The uh, the requirements are really now pretty simple for foreign travelers. They have to uh, arrive with proof of vaccination, and they have to show they've had a COVID test uh, within three days of arrival, which are things that are quite manageable for foreign travelers. takes away the patchwork of previous requirements about quarantining and testing on arrival and those kind of things. And the airlines are... Uh, seeing a surge in bookings, uh, particularly for international pleasure travel, which is uh, quite surprising. And there's some uh, improvements for U.S. travelers as well. Yeah, for the travel industry, I mean, you, you touched on this, especially the airlines. This has to be unbelievably good news. It is. We've seen the transatlantic market especially just be in the tank for so long. And and uh, remember, Europe really opened their uh, doors up to our travelers, and we didn't reciprocate for quite a while. And I think uh, now that the... Uh, uh, vaccinations are prevalent enough, and uh, we're seeing the Delta variant decline. Airlines have been pushing for this. Uh, we really came out with a massive simplification. And even though I was uh, U.S. travelers who are unvaccinated uh, to come back in the country if they have a test within one day of their arrival. So that, uh, that opens the skies up to lots more people. When it comes to uh, the people certifying that they've been vaccinated, is there any official way for them to do that? Or are they just kind of showing the same cards that, that we have? I and mean, what, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you point to a really good good point that there is no uh, vaccine passport per se. So it's a, a bit of a moving target. Now, you need to have a World Health Organization approved vaccination and need to provide the so-called uh, official uh, documentation for your country. So the TSA, the security agents are, are, you know, trained to look for certain cards from certain countries. And that appears to be working pretty well. But I, I can say they've had to really publicize that people that use uh, counterfeit documents will have the most severe penalties possible. So we'll be a, we'll be a learning exercise here. Is there more that needs to be done in order to be more fully open or, or for the next, I don't know, six months or a year? Is this about what we're going to see? Well, I think probably the next thing that could drop, uh, you know, once uh, the Delta variant is, is an ancient history is whether you're vaccinated uh, fully within, you know, two weeks of your second dose. If you still need a positive uh, uh, proof of a test to have a negative test when you come back, that still is a hassle for people. You know, that can run $150 plus in a lot of countries. And we know that's going to deter people from those real short trips back, you know, but longer trips and, uh study abroad trips and business trips, that's not too big of a hurdle. But a lot of people, uh, that makes them uncomfortable having to find a test uh, in a foreign country. Thanks so much, Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. 
Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are slightly higher. The Dow up 44. NASDAQ is up 38 and the S&P is up three points. Now let's see what's going on. Vahan Janjigian is joining us. Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management. Vahan, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Hi, Cisco. How are you? Um, well, uh, you know, we're not seeing much action uh, today, but this... Uh, continued uh, grind higher um, is a little bit uh, surprising. Uh, however, you know, I would warn people that one of the valuable lessons I've learned uh, over many years of investing is that, um, you know, it's very difficult to, to time the market and you often take a lot more risk being out of the market than staying invested. So right now, uh, in my opinion, we have a very pricey market by historical standards. Uh, but that doesn't mean it won't go higher. And um, I've seen too many times in the past uh, people get out of the market because they thought it was too expensive um, and then uh, sit there in cash earning virtually nothing while the market moves higher. Yeah, and that's the, the dollar cost averaging. Can I talk about that for newer uh, investors? Because it really is a way for you to build wealth over time and, and not necessarily to get hammered by some of those downturns. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, dollar cost averaging is in a very effective way um, for people to invest, um, particularly people who have some income, but not necessarily um, a lot of savings or a lot of wealth. So uh, a lot of younger people, when they first start working, um, you know, they might get a, a new job with some good income, but they don't really have much saved up. So a good way to invest is to put, you know, a certain amount of money into the market every single month or every single quarter. Um, it works really well with uh, with index funds or, or a diversified uh, portfolio like a mutual fund or an ETF. And so what you're doing is you're you're putting in a set amount of dollars um, every every month or every quarter. And uh, if the value of the market goes down, you're buying more shares because you're buying them at a lower price. If the value goes up, you're buying fewer shares because you're buying them at a higher price. So it's it's kind of forcing you to buy low and sell high, um, although in this case you're not even selling. You're just buying a little bit less when the market's high. So over the course of a, of a lifetime, if you follow this discipline, you'll, you should end up doing really well as long as the market's moving higher. And we do know that over long periods of time, the market does move higher. Well, let's talk about, okay, if you're going to do that, let's talk about some areas where maybe you should be putting some of your money, given the inflation worries, as it looks like that's dragging on, still some stubborn unemployment. What, what, you know, what, what do you think that's attractive these days? Oh, I think energy is still attractive. I mean, we've seen a huge run in energy stocks, but uh, if you compare the valuations in the energy sector to some of the other areas, uh, particularly technology, you would see that uh, energy is still relatively cheap. Now, um, you know, keep in mind, we've had a huge run, so it wouldn't be unusual to see some profit taking and maybe some give back uh, in the short term. Um, I think financials are also uh, very cheap, uh, especially if you expect interest rates to move higher. That means that these banking companies should should make more profits. So those are two areas that I think are, are very attractive. Um, I'd be very hesitant to add a lot of money to technology now, um, particularly if you expect uh, inflation and higher interest rates because uh, higher, higher rates uh, should um, be more detrimental to the, uh, to the technology companies. You also mentioned uh, employment. You know, the employment report, the last employment report was, uh, was particularly strong. The unemployment rate is really plummeting, but there's one aspect of that report that really concerns me, and that's the labor force participation rate. If you, if you look at a graph of that, um, it peaked in 2000, 
and it's been declining ever since. It took a big plunge uh, when the pandemic hit. Um, it's recovered a little bit, but we're nowhere near where we were just prior to the pandemic. And what that's telling me is that there are a lot of people who are just not willing to go back to work, even though we're seeing uh, wages go higher. Which is a concern because that I mean, it seems like it's going to continue dragging down the, the wider economy, not even one or two particular sectors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of my biggest concerns right now, in addition to the possibility of rising inflation. But, you know, you have to really ask the question, you know, what kind of an economy will we have if very large numbers of people who are capable of working just choose not to work? Um, you know, we already see that there are, you know, restaurants and uh, all kinds of retail establishments cutting their hours because they can't find enough workers. Uh, we already know that trucking companies can't find enough drivers. Um, and this could create uh, havoc for the entire economy if this kind of thing uh, continues for a prolonged period. Yeah, really significant. Thank you. That's Vahan Janjigi and Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A Nevada developer looking to purchase the Allstate site in Northbrook. The price estimated to be more than $200 million. Let's get the latest from Danny Ecker, reporter at Crane's Chicago Business. Uh, Danny, before we talk about what may happen with the property, what, was it all a surprise that Allstate decided to give this up? It, it seems like the pandemic and people working from home uh, really put them in a position where they could do this. Yeah, I think, you know, in some cases it was surprising because of the scope of this property, but in other ways you were thinking, well, that makes sense because uh, there's a lot of companies that are obviously reevaluating how much space they need, and in Allstate's case, they decided, you know, we need a lot less space. They also have some space downtown, so they figured let's, you know, put, let's cash out of this property and, you know, someone else will do something with it. So that, that appears to be now uh, what they've lined up. And you have 186 acres right along the expressway. I mean, really a, a, a prime piece of land. Uh, what are you hearing may happen with this Nevada developer? 
Well, the the assumption here is that this group, which is called Dermody Properties, which is known for you know building really you know these giant warehouses that are very popular these days as distribution centers for you know Amazon and and other retailers that uh, need to store and distribute goods. The, the assumption is they would do that with this property. It, it lends itself well to it. Obviously, it's located sort of in in the middle of uh, several very affluent uh, parts of the Chicago area, and you know, that's something that I think they would, uh, that would probably be the, the use that would make the most sense in terms of the rent they could get uh, right now. There's so many companies clamoring for space like that. So that would be the assumption that they would turn it into a bunch of warehouses. Uh, there's been a lot of pushback in other cases of other uh, properties where that's been, uh, that's been the plan for a developer because not everyone wants a lot of big trucks all around every day. And uh, you know, you don't know how, how the communities in Glenview and Northbrook would respond to that, but that would be the assumption that uh, they would do something like that. Yeah, that was one of the things I've been wondering ever since I heard about this is if it ends up being warehouses, uh, the, the community would probably rather it be residential or otherwise commercial and not, not, not just those big boxes like we're seeing in so many places. Right. And there's, you know, reasons to push back on all kinds of things. We saw Northbrook, for example, push back on a big development, redevelopment of a, a golf course nearby that would have added a bunch of residential uses. And people said, well, that's going to put a burden on the schools. Well, you know, if you're going to have a property that is redeveloped into something other than the use that everyone has been used to for a long, long time in this case, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different voices in play here. But, um, you know, certainly for, for many reasons, this site lends itself to a really attractive uh, warehouse development, but for the fact that you may have people pushing back. Well, and you are seeing that along, and, and it's attractive to the people who want the warehouses, seeing it all along the expressways all throughout the area, they, they want to be able to very easily get their trucks on and off of the roads, and these sites allow them to do that. Right. Uh, and, and one you know, reason, I guess, that that would, uh, would, that would support Dermody in this uh, effort, if they are going to pursue that, is if you look actually just a couple miles away, Apt Electronics, which is a very well-known business and long-time uh, staple in, in Glenview, is building over 400,000 square feet of warehouses, uh, really you know, drastically expanding their uh, capabilities there along Milwaukee Avenue. And, you know, that's also along the highway. And, you know, you could argue that uh, this would be a very similar type of, um, type of development, type of effort that um, may or may not, uh, people may, may be accepting and, and, and say, well, look, this is uh, part of what uh, the, the development of this area is going to look like, and let's just kind of set some boundaries around it so that we make sure it's acceptable. Thanks so much for all the insight. Danny Ecker, you read him online and in print at Crane's Chicago Business. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday on the Noon Business Hour. Helping us out this afternoon, Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. You can find him online at blueworldam.com. Matt, it's always good to have you on the show. What's your first pick? Well, we're continuing down the path of showing up the portfolio against inflation, so both thoughts today are focused on that. WEAT is another Tucurium commodity ETF that offers exposure to wheat futures without the risk of actually going long or short the contracts. Demand for wheat is virtually bulletproof <clears throat> globally, and inflation in the cost of everything from planting it to fertilizing it to harvesting and transporting it makes the continued potential attractive. 
Now, of the commodity funds that we've recommended thus far, like corn and soybeans, wheat is still low-priced, but it's, uh, in spite of that, it is still more liquid relative to the others uh, with a comparable uh, expense ratio. All right, that's good. W-E-A-T. What's your second pick? All right, not that this isn't always true, but I'll, I'll open by suggesting we review this one with our investment and tax counsel ahead of time uh, due to some compliance characteristics. Uh, accounting types are, are not known for their affection for surprises. That said, UGA is the United States Gasoline Fund. Daily volume suggests that this is a pretty well-kept secret, but we don't think it's going to stay that way for very long. It's unique in the energy space in that it is not a general energy ETF or even an oil ETF. It is strictly gasoline and invests in the front month gasoline contract. It's on the rise, of course, right now. And while now it's in the low 40s, it spent time during the Obama administration over 60. So with gasoline prices behaving as they are and facing similar policy, we do not think it's too late to benefit from additional appreciation. Both of these, and you've already touched on this, but both of these, uh, you're, you're picking them based on inflation and, and sort of being defensive on inflation. Uh, do you believe that, well, we heard it transitory, that's what the Fed was saying, do you believe this is here to stay at least for, I don't know, maybe the next year or so? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, you know, the Jurassic period was also transitory. Uh, everything is transitory, but uh, policy is going to drive inflation, and there's nothing that we see suggested out there in the short or medium term with regard to a shift that would improve the inflationary pressure. So we really do think it's time to play defense. Yeah, and earlier we, we talked about this with a, another guest. Your portfolio, it's like your portfolio shrinks even though you don't realize it. Every month there's inflation. Right, and those things don't I'm, – I'm really glad you guys, uh, you guys are making that point because uh, your portfolio might go up by X – but your costs are also rising. So even though it doesn't appear to be a direct erosion of the value of every dollar that, that you have, whether it's in your wallet or in your portfolio, that decrease is very, very real. Thanks so much, Matt Matigan. He is CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. His two picks, ticker symbols WEAT, W-E-A-T, and U-G-A. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Farts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.